0: three two one that's right you're listening to the it's my time podcast a recording of the experiences past and present of everyday people and, 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 and now here's your host the one the only asher chua
1: hey welcome to the podcast ashley
0: Oh, Thank you so much, Asher. Um, This has been a delight just to have a little pre-meet with you and to um, be back in the same screen with you. So I'm excited.
1: Awesome. And for anyone who doesn't know you, who do you say you are?
0: Oh, this is a good question. I used to wrestle with this because I think a lot of times that we equate um, the who we are to the actual title and what we do. Hmm. Um, so I'll say first and foremost, I will say for me, I am uh, a daughter of the Most High King, believer in Christ. And, you know, I would say that really what my my, my bread and butter and the things that I really love is I really love um people, service, uh, service to mankind. Uh, I love to organize. I love to help. Um, I love to be able to build things from scratch.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I think there's something beautiful about putting together something that has been unprecedented, mm-hmm. something that you've never done before. So I do a lot of that, whether it's career, whether it's business, whether it is, you know, work in my community on boards and different things like that within my church. So
1: yeah. Awesome. I guess. sound like my type of person (laughs)
0: yes exactly exactly
1: awesome and um tell me like where do you like how would you get started like where did you grow up like what was your upbringing like
0: oh well my upbringing um it was really cool like i am from northern virginia right outside of dc Mm -hmm. and so i um was raised by uh my uh, my mother and also my grandmother Mm -hmm. and so my life was really, um, really cool because I got to, you know, I was, I went to great schools. Um, I actually went to Catholic school um, for a good portion of my elementary, let's see, middle school to uh, 12th grade. Mm-hmm. And, but yeah, I was always maybe the type of kid that um, I really loved um being social, but I also had to always balance that with taking my studies seriously. So while it wasn't that I didn't have an interest in academics, mm-hmm. I just know I just always noticed the pattern of like, you know, I would just be talking. You know what I'm saying? And so, but I also knew too the importance of what was instilled in me, which was you know, academics and making sure that you are on top of your schoolwork. Um, A funny story is that many people, um, you know, will ask me, well, Ashley, have you always been this way in terms of like organizing and like very like process driven oriented? Mm -hmm. And I would say yes, because I always go back to the middle school days of what would happen if I would bring a grade home that wasn't the best Mm -hmm. and I would get the question, hey, did you study? What was your process? Mm. And sometimes there would be no process, right? And so as soon as I started to learn, my process had to be put a set time, make sure you're, make sure you have a cadence for, for when you're studying, um, a schedule in place. When that was happening, that would be the things that would point me to the direction of the structure. Gives me the freedom mm. to be able to. A, be able to to finish um, my coursework and academics and all the testing and, all, and do very well. And therefore, you know, you get the perks, right? You get to get the, what is it? The toys, the shopping, you get to go places, you know, all the things. So, <laughs> so soon and very soon for me, even when I was in college, same thing, right? It was making sure that there was structure, and so that was a huge part. I mean, the first two years, I would say they, you know, they were okay academically, um, but I was so excited to just be a part of just meeting people, hanging out. And mm-hmm. and just so that the the audience knows, I'm a low risk taker. So <laughs> I'm not someone who was like, I never really went off campus or gotcha. anything like that, Um I would hang out late mm-hmm. you know trying to, to be the, the-, the
1: life of the party
0: I you know the, it was <laughs> this is- funny it's it's it was a difference between balancing the life of the party but Mm -hmm. also like not being stranded places like i wasn't about these horror stories these horror stories i would hear about like (laughs) they go off campus and then they're here and then it's like we got back at 6 a.m i just couldn't do it but Mm -hmm. i would be with my friends on campus hanging out and whatnot but also at the same time we would also be the same groups of people that would be in the library as well Mm -hmm. you know and so that was um that was something that was really, really um, good um, at the same time. So, but but then, you know, you started to really hear, um, well, let me back that up. Mm -hmm. I really started to think through end of sophomore year. All right, Ash, you got two years left. You know, what does this all look like? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> you know, and so that's when I really just had to start to talk to God about some things. And I had to really start to say, all right, girl, you know, you need to make sure in terms of, you know, the the GPA that you had and you want to go to law school and all these things. What What does that look like? How are you going to change? And I just truly believe this is like one of my philosophies is that if you want something different, you have to do something different so what right. does that what does that difference mean like and it's going to mean something for different people it's your habits your systems and your behaviors so those are the fundamental things
1: Gotcha. it's funny when when you talk about habits systems and behaviors it sounds like it's already been ingrained in you and just how mm-hmm. you describe the dialogue between you and your mom or you and your dad it's like <laughs> I've, ne- <laughs> I've never heard a parent ask like what was your process like it's always like did you like <laughs> What's this grade? Why did you get this? Or why didn't you get what you were supposed to That's get? That's right. But the way that yeah. you described it, it makes it seem more, um, it's more digestible.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Because a question my mom would ask would be like, you know, did you do your best? Right. And what did that, what does that look like? And so, you mm. know, and I was truthful, um, you know, because I just was never the type of person to be like, oh, well, of course I did my best. No, I I didn't. Do my mm-hmm. best because i didn't prepare i didn't have a process in place
1: yeah gotcha. that's encouraging it's like you're you're encouraged to tell the truth at the same time you're also encouraged to strive for your best and that's actually right. like there's a dialogue there it's not just a the, you'll do what you're told type thing it's like okay right. like because when it when it always goes one way it's like you can't really be surprised at the outcomes because it's the same story time and time again where We see it play out we see it play out and some people maybe that don't pay attention to the typical stories are like how could this have happened and it's like i guess you hadn't been paying attention like welcome to the world like these are the things that happen if you do this you get this and that's how it goes there's no secret no if ands about it
0: that's right that's right and i think it was also a thing about you know um my mother really just instilling upon me of like you know, you have to be prepared for the world, right? Mm -hmm. I'm not always going to be, you know, right up there, whether it was like picking up from school or whatever, where have you, you have to have skill sets. You have to be responsible. You have to be accountable. Mm -hmm. And so I think that has, that was one of the, um, the tenants or the core philosophies that was just ingrained on me just very early age. You know, what does it mean to be accountable? How You are accountable for your work. You're accountable for what you produce, you know? And so in, in your own young mind, you're not necessarily thinking about being out and about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you know, and having a career or doing whatever, you're just thinking about like, all right, I just have to go past this class. Right.
1: That's it. Yeah. <laughs> So how how did that change when you you kind of looked at yourself sophomore year and you're like okay what direction am I gonna go like what yeah. in which way did you end up going?
0: Well, I ended up really drilling down to to making sure that again the systems habits and behaviors. So really looking at. You know what I was doing in terms of my major. I, had, mm-hmm. I went to the College of William and Mary, uh, and I went to, and I was in Williamsburg, Virginia. And so I had a BA in government, mm-hmm. and so the big dream was, you know, go to college, go to law school, mm-hmm. and what that looked like was I had to start to balance out my leadership activities. And also the study time and the schedules and all that type of stuff. So that was really a a wake-up call just to really sort of say, all right, you need to make sure that even though you want to go to the library and you you, you can't go to the first floor, why can't you go to the first floor? Because that is where all the buzz is. That's where you're going to see all the people. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be that person. I'm still to this day. Still very extroverted, so I'm gonna go talk to five people before I actually go sit down. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like in, and and so it's noted. It's knowing that maybe you go to another library, maybe you go to another place Mm -hmm. that you go to study and have quiet time. So Mm -hmm. you have to. It's decisions. You're just having to make better decisions. Um, And so because of that, um, Mm -hmm. I didn't get into law school. And so what was interesting about that was the aspect of preparation, folks that go into law school, certain GPA, certain uh, mm-hmm. certain types of grades and things. And so that was a wake up call about how you need to really be prepared for the success that you want to see. Mm-hmm. And so that was a huge theme. So while I didn't um, get into, into law school, didn't really have great LSATs, I had to think, well, what else, what, what's, what's going to be the plan? you got to mm-hmm. kind of start thinking through that. And so I was like, well, I really do want to understand policy, government, all of those things, like better. I want to understand what's being, laws are being made. Mm-hmm. How, how does that happen? And how does it help everyday people like you and me? Like, mm-hmm. what, what does that look like? So I always had a, a, um, an interest in that, yeah. but I took a different route. So I went in right after grad school. I went up in to Emily's List, and mm-hmm. that is a, I think it's like a liberal- political yeah it's a political organization Mm -hmm. where they go and they deploy young people to be community organizers that was a very popular I know term and or profession due to former President Barack Obama so a lot of people were out like you know I'm a community organizer bah you know so so I was a field (laughs) organizer and I was up in Pennsylvania near Mm -hmm. um I was in the, what was it, the Nittany, Nittany Lions? There's probably some UPenn people, but yeah. it was in that that territory. It was a lot of like UPenn people out there. Gotcha. And um, that's where I was. And I spent maybe like four months out there mm. under try, understanding campaign life.
2: Yeah. And
0: what does it mean to actually organize people to go vote for somebody? Mm-hmm. Like I had never conceptualize what it is I mean we would see and you probably have people knocking on the door or mailing something in and understanding that aspect of like why people want to run for office Mm
2: -hmm.
0: you know having a campaign team you know convincing somebody that you are the person to elect that was like a mind-blowing experience a Mm mind-blowing experience yeah
1: that's pretty neat. So I, I guess maybe I, I missed it, but when you were doing, you did your undergraduate and then I guess yes. you you went to grad school still in the hopes of saying, okay, I'm going to go pursue law or it was strictly. It government. was,
0: it was um, public policy. So that was gotcha. probably, let's see, that's 08, 09 and then 2012 to 2014. So I had about three to four years of, um, of like, uh, work experience out in out in the real world building gotcha. my career. Yeah. So I worked for a, let's see, a homelessness non nonprofit. And mm-hmm. so it was like an advocacy organization. I was mm-hmm. an executive assistant, but I learned a ton about organizations that are issue-based mm-hmm. and coalition building and stakeholder engagement and what that actually means when you're looking to like lobby and um, all these different things. And then I did a whole bunch of stints for like government contracting. So I've had, you know, up until that point before Um, deciding to say, you know what, I really, really love this aspect of the policy work. I want to go deeper into that study. Mm -hmm. I already started to build my experience of understanding the people, Mm -hmm. understanding um, the policy, understanding the process. Mm -hmm. And I think that gave me a really good perspective on what's not in the news and what is actually behind the scenes. And it's a whole, it's like a whole treasure chest of things.
1: Gotcha. Yeah, <laughs> that's interesting because it, it's mm. like for people that are that are interested in like policies and procedures, you don't you don't meet many people like that. And I guess that was interesting to me because um going the engineering track, we were people that like to tinker and and different things yes. like that. And I think it it when. Like we both met through Brief University and being introduced mm-hmm. to like the disk assessment and being able to see the breakdown of that where you have your introverts, extroverts, but yes. then where you kind of overlap, you have the the D and Cs, they're kind of like problems-based, and then the I and the S's are people based. Yes. But it's like knowing that people can have all those aspects within themselves and then know what to tap into to connect with other people. I That's found right. it, I find it pretty neat that you're someone that's both extroverted but like most people that you see get into like politics government things like that they seem to be like the charismatic person that like they'll they'll um what's the word saying like they'll sell ice to an eskimo or like absolutely they'll they'll be able to like rattle things off that are like oh wow i didn't think about that but then like you get 20 minutes 30 minutes into the conversation like wait what, wait, what did they say? And then it's like, you don't think about it until like days, 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 but it's like to to meet you and to speak to someone that actually looks at, okay, here's what happens after the talking stops. Like, here's what happens that even That's gets right. someone to a stage or that gets someone to understand what goes behind the veil, so to speak, is, is pretty neat.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. It's really cool. And I think what um, I had started to have a deeper appreciation was understanding when I started getting into actual government agencies. So I was at, uh, let's see, Department of Commerce. I was at um, Homeland Security and it was cool. And I also did a little stint on the Hill. Um, Again, this aspect of understanding the hierarchy of like structure and like policies are in place and then what does it mean to implement it's a whole type of it's a different way of thinking Mm that I think was elevated and also it stretched my view of how people would go about solving problems and Mm -hmm. so I think that you know I'll say to anyone who and I used to hear a lot of people say especially when it was like the 08 era and you know, presidential years and things like that, um, or local races and whatnot, you mm-hmm. hear people say, like, I'm not into politics. I'm not into policy. And I said, Well, mm-hmm. you know, actually like the the who like the company and the days in which your trash gets picked up, that's politics. That's policy. Right. Right. <laughs> Whether you know no, and so people start to think about it. they're like, huh? They're like, What do you mean? I said, no I that's local government right. that is a, an aspect of your supervisor or whatever the council um, depending on your township and your structure they're the ones that make in the uh, contracting for mm-hmm. the waste management company to come in yeah. you know and so all of that is it's not just CNN or being on a stage and who has a debate. Mm-hmm. It's everywhere. And so I think the posture that I've always tried to to take was I never went into it with like, you know, like, here's a policy I want to write. And like, you know, I've always went into it as like, oh, this is what I would love to like be a part of. But I had to start challenging myself not at that um at the at the surface level mm-hmm. and say, I don't really understand even. At the local level, what does that mean? So I started joining like the Urban League and NAACP, and I wanted to understand locally what this meant. Uh, And so I had a, um, so I was on the board for the Northern Virginia Urban League. And um, most recently, I'm with uh, the Thursday Network. Um, Mm -hmm. And so, a lot of what's cool about being a part of those types of organizations, and I encourage people to always to go to like your local um meetings and things like that um like town you know those town councils and whatnot Mm -hmm. town hall meetings is because this is where this is this is where you can see policy making in action and so a lot of times when you know, whether it's something on the news, a tragedy, and whatnot, there's always a a little uptick of like, how do we get involved? And that mm. was my, I this was before I was even had uh, any type of awareness, I would just say to myself, like, well, Ashley, what does it actually mean to be involved? Right. Like, does being involved mean that you are what? Does it mean that you go and that you go out to, campaign do you protest do you write letters like and so i had someone that was a part of one of my organizations that actually walked me through what does it mean to be a part of change because Mm -hmm. it's a cliche term i want to be a part of change well you know i was i was asking that question i was like well how does ashley want to be a part of change like you know what i'm saying and so i i would say to anyone out there that is that that whatever you want to pursue whether that's um and we'll probably get into like how I got into business and all that yeah, um, yeah. later. But like anything that you do, always challenge the why behind it. Mm-hmm. And and always think to yourself, like, what what is it that I want to do or even not want to do? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because I think there's an aspect of like, I have to be like X. Mm-hmm. I have to be like this person. I have to approach it this way. When I think what we really need to do is do some things like for me, I had to start reading. I had to start reading about my own history, right? Like you know, what's not in the textbooks, right? So I think you have to not be so. I don't know what the right word is, but to, you know, basically what I'm what I'm getting at is that challenge yourself to understand, not just for understanding' sake, but so yeah. that you have the knowledge so that you can be able to take the right action.
1: So yeah. That makes sense. I, I guess for me, it, it seems like politics has got it gets. Um, it seems like it gets convoluted at times because it, it it's hard to get into something where people have their own vested interests and they don't they say that they care about other people at large. But it's like if they're really questioned and pressed, it's like, yeah, it, it's convenient when it's works to your favor. Like people have this joke about the. Um, HOA homeowners associations where it's like you always have somebody that just wants power or wants to be in charge (laughs) of something but then they'll start making up rules and rules and rules and it's like we don't need a thousand rules we just we need people to treat other people like people and it's like I think that gets forgotten and maybe you can help me understand what's something that's missed or misunderstood through the things that you've learned about creating policies or actually being involved where you're at versus just like reading headlines, being there for the big show, but then never showing up to clean up after a big event or actually being present or intentional and actually forming relationships with people and actually know who people are talking to instead of like, like there's a lot of people that talk over people's heads and it's like, if, if I can look you in your eyes and have a conversation with you, I think it's pretty straightforward. And everybody at that point seems human. There's like, oh, it's not this monster that was painted over here. But it's like, well, we need an enemy and we need a devil to like chase out, cast out and things like that. And it's like, look in the mirror. It, it, it's not that hard to find the devil. Like, that's I don't know right. if that's like off-putting, but like what's something that you think people miss or dismiss when it comes to what you're passionate about?
0: Yeah, I. That's such a good question. I think what what we have to, um, I think realize is that there's always more to the story. There's it's um and that there is for the the candidate or the person that's in office. There are um there's there's motive to look at. There's also um, people behind the person. And so I think a lot of times there is an aspect of like, you know, why can't X change? And, you know, why, you know, why is this happening? And, you know, we forget, you know, because, or we may not forget really, but, you know, we've had a whole hundred plus years of the of systemic, you know, things that go on, um, structures and policies and things um, that have persisted over time. um. So to change something fundamentally would be to disrupt, right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I think that uh, a couple of things I think happens is that there are very much um, well-intentioned people that that run for office. There also are very well in, and also well-intentioned people that are hired, um, that are in, you know, government officials, local officials and whatnot. And so um, and then there's also at the same time, I think we've also seen it, you know, bad actors and whatnot.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But I think the a few things for us to think about is. And I'm always about thinking critically and strategically about everything. Even mm-hmm. if something is looked upon as like, this is like a great policy. Yeah. I'm always looking at who does it affect. I'm looking at following the money because yeah. the money always tells the story. The money right. always, you know. And then I also look at the effects. Mm-hmm. I always look at, well, what is the particular change that is going to happen? Right. And so I think that, when it comes to the work that goes on, on the, whether it's a local state um, or even at the federal level, um, those are probably the top three things that, um, that I think all of us should, should examine.
1: Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Gotcha. And I guess, why would you say change is important? Because it's nice to have things be the same, be predictable. Like why, like, why even like, Consider okay. Some I'm gonna have to expect something different tomorrow. Like let's just keep it all the same.
0: Well, I I think that I think there's a a a balance between, you know, it's hard because everyone has their own vantage point of what should be changed, what shouldn't be changed, the direction, you know, so many so many things that just are all sort of over the place. But, you know, I think that. I think to your question, you when you think about the change and like I said, in the rooms that I've been in, I think it's a matter of like what is the intent behind it? So right. is it supposed to um further something? Is it supposed to fix something? Is it supposed to right or wrong? You know what I'm saying? Is it is it has there been like barriers that um that are are, are in place? So I even think about you know, when I was working at a, a homeless system, um, non-profit um, agency, and what was really interesting about that is, you know, there was, um, an aspect of like the McKinney Vento Act and, you know, making sure that there were, um, allocated funding in place. Mm -hmm. And there was also like advocacy to even increase that funding, right? Sometimes Mm -hmm. it would just be like a little small amount, you know? And so, for example, so I use that as an example to say, well, because many, you know, I, I read these posts and, you know, people are like, oh, well, you know, there's so many people who are experiencing homelessness, like, you know, like, what do we do about it? How do we, you know? And so right. it's it's really like a matter of like, let's look at the ecosystem. Let's look at right. social let's look at Yeah. Let's look at the root causes. Let's look at, um, you know, let's look at our social services. Let's look at where money is being spent. And yeah. so being able to increase services at, you know, social services level, healthcare, you know money for increased funds from the McKinney Vento Act, all of these things help to help the cities be able mm-hmm. to, you know, you know, build out homes and, you know, build out, you know, and and, and have, you know, opportunities for, you know, jobs and employment and, and things like that. So, yeah. you know, I think being able to dissect what the change is and the effects of it, and then who's involved in it. And then mm-hmm. all of those things, I think, again, goes back to the fact of challenging, what is it that you want to change and why? Right. Um, so
1: I almost feel like I'm interviewing you for office. I'm like, why, why <laughs> should I vote for you? <laughs>
0: That's too funny. Exactly.
1: But it. what's interesting is that, like, do you, do you think people consider enough that their ideas, their notions, their good intentions may be wrong. Like, do people ever give enough credence to that? Like, like everything that I've come up with might not be justified. Like, uh, how do you it's think possible. people come across that? Because I, I feel like a lot of times the, the problem with being just good intention, but not being systematic or approached with enough critique is that we don't give ourselves enough pushback or the moment that we get pushback, it becomes a thing of oh they don't like me they hate me everything's against me it's like no it might not be that it might be there's a legitimate considerations that haven't been made and instead of taking our ball and going home it's that huh is this something that we can address or maybe i guess some people might say it's another distraction it's something to get us off Mm. the mark so to speak but it's like I think sometimes like where I whenever I think politics and the thing that like kind of divides me on it but then it brings me back to it once it starts affecting me and I'm like okay locally this seems problematic can I address it or can I not address it and if I can't address it like am I just going to avoid it and pretend like it's not there am I going to cover my eyes drive down a different street move to another town, move to a different place. And it's like like what what do you think?
0: Yeah, I I think that's a I think it's a good question. I think I think a few things that come to mind is that, you know, there's always um <laughs> whatever whether it's an idea, whether it's a program, an initiative that's that's looking to be launched and whatnot, there's always uh there's more people and players and external and internal factors Mm -hmm. so what might start off as a great idea and may not always land in the way it's intended and that's because there could be a few things there could be things where you know know, folks are brokering deals there's could Mm -hmm. be funding types of things um you know there's differences in terms of like you know what's the original intent versus like you know um you know what is the uh, the true intent of the the actual overall goal so even I would even say for even a local school district, right, or a county school district, there may be some things where there may be some programs and initiatives that are being launched where someone has the idea that, hey, I want to, I think this is where we, you know, need to go or like, you know, this is the direction because this is what the superintendent wants, Mm -hmm. you know, but it may, it takes a little bit of time to massage the actual idea, Mm -hmm. the actual structure. Um, who's involved? Um, having having the money, you know, um, piece to it, right? And so, and then also being able to socialize it out to um, whether it's the public, parents, the mm-hmm. community, right? And so that's where that's where things get interesting. Is that once you kind of have you've crafted this thing, you're ready to present it? Mm-hmm. You know, it could be that. Well, I why why are you doing this? Like you know what I'm saying? You know, or it may be that the fact to be like, oh wow, finally, Mm -hmm. finally you're you're um you're doing this. And so I think there's there's just um there's there's quite a few um there's quite a few different factors when it comes to again, going back to my one of my my intro statements is actually this aspect of building something that's unprecedented or mm-hmm. something new or from scratch. Right. Uh, you don't really, unless you um, are, well, I'm not saying unless what's necessary is mm-hmm. that the coalition building, making sure that you're bringing the right people to the table uh, yeah. that can make sure that you have the different perspectives and the, the ideas, maybe not everyone, but mm-hmm. the core people. Yeah right, that um, the core groups of people that need to have, need to have your ear. So,
1: yeah. Gotcha. How, how much time do you think is spent maintaining something once it's started? Because I think it's, it's attractive to have the new shiny thing. But then once it's up and going, like a lot of things seem to fail because nobody seems to like be bothered when it's like, okay, like I started this new thing. And like some people are maybe famous for like, I started this and I started this and I started this, but it's like when you talk about maybe something like a charity or something like a, an initiative, whatever it may be, it's like, again, kind of going back to the good intentions, but it's like looking at the long-term effect, like what is this actually doing a year, two years down the line? And like, how have you seen that be played out, like either positively or negatively?
0: Well, I that's a that's a good question. And I'll I'll switch to some examples of like in business and, and what I've seen is that, you know, when a lot of people come to me for well, a couple of questions like what what app should I use to stay organized? Mm-hmm. How do I set up a particular project or program? Um, you know, what's the best way to do X, Y, and Z? Um, a lot of project and program work is really centered around the the infrastructure mm-hmm. okay it's really like what's your process going to be um and really when i when i mean process and i'll and you, even interchange it with workflow mm-hmm. i'll define it as just like what are these what are the steps right, what are the phases right. okay and so i think where there's an ex- always an excitement about i'm going to Launch X, or I'm going to build this, right. and it always goes back down to I think the fundamentals of goals, of also your why, and ma- and many people are probably thinking like, all right, you know that's so cliche, right? Mm-hmm. You know, go back to your why, but you know it, it's true. What what's at the core of who you are, at the core of what you're doing for for business, or you know, or whatever industry that you're in. I think it's so important that you, uh, that you, despite the changing of the wind of whatever it is of a trend or society, that if this is something that you really believe in, Mm -hmm. then you really have to stick to your guns to or you know, and really stick to your to your particular values and what you want to build to say, all right, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this. This is why I often will teach and train and speak a lot on what does it mean to have a vision. What does it mean to really have a vision for what you want to do? And that's everything from like the objective to like what you're at what's the actual thing that you're looking to launch. Um, what is you know, what's the outcomes? Who's this for? Mm-hmm. How much money do you need? all of these types of things that I think are so core um, that sometimes gets overlooked. There's an aspect of like launch this and launch that. And I believe that if you want to quick start something because you feel the need and urgency, Mm -hmm. I think everyone should have the, the feel, have the breath and depth. Um, They should feel the, the autonomy rather. That's a better word to go ahead and do that. However, i do believe that you know there's an aspect of taking your time for the things that you are looking to to build and launch right and i think mm-hmm. that's i think that's so important so i think that while the shiny new thing like for instance there was an era of having a course every mm-hmm. you know right you know you have a course have a course have a course shout out to the course director jose bennett you know he You know, I, he would always, you know, and he's still building courses. I remember at the time that everyone had a course, I was like, I don't even, I don't really think that's even me. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't even think that that even fits me. I, you know, I I had a lot of questions about some of it was like, would someone even buy a course for me? But then also it was like, what would the course actually do for someone? And I couldn't, I couldn't connect the dots. on that until uh, just about maybe like a month ago I threw our kind of our pre-chat talking about the world of audio Mm -hmm. and understanding how people were using it I was like okay someone said audio course I, I started to be intrigued about that a few months back I said this is something so interesting about being able to record some lessons or some things yeah and then that's what I did, and I said, "Okay, this is going to be really great. This is a good uh, item. This is something that's evergreen that can help anyone that's coming into the PM space, whether you're called a project manager or not. Mm-hmm. This is these are some really fundamental three lessons. Only takes about an hour to finish, easy. Gotcha. And and so I think back back to your original question. I think that this aspect of like you know." Let's follow the shiny thing. I think you got to be careful about how many trends is it going to take, you know, for yeah. you to really kind of feel as if you know, all right, like I'm always on top of my game. I think it's the I think the same thing goes with 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 the beloved uh golden child of AI. I think it's the same thing. I right, think you sure. have to really, I think you have to understand and for me, it's not about not wanting to partake in AI, but mm-hmm. I had to even get down again, challenging what you know. Yeah. Can Ashley Shuler, Can you even define artificial intelligence? You know what I'm saying at its core definition. Mm-hmm. So I, as I started to see about you know why this we had this boom of AI, I went into the Slack group. It was called Black Code Collective.
2: Mm-hmm. One
0: pr- one thing that um that I will do is. I always like to be a part of other types of communities to, again, trends, patterns, systems, behaviors. How mm-hmm. do they work? What are they doing over there? So these are a whole bunch of like black coders and they start talking about AI. And I think I asked the question or someone asked a question about like, well, I want to read about it. Mm-hmm. And they put this book, it was called Scary Smart by Mo Gawatt ex-Googler. I'm still going through that book, um, partially because I'm a slow reader, but I'm mm-hmm. still going through that book. And I loved it, I love this book because it really puts down the um fundamentals of artificial intelligence. Mm-hmm. The fact of the matter is, is that we've been had AI. We've we've had it for almost 60, 50, 70 years. Yeah. Um, and it brings you through the whole process. And so for me, that helped me better understand where AI is, understanding the fundamentals of, again, bad actors, good actors, motivations, how to use it. right. And then also too, from a product standpoint, because I've been studying kind of agile and product management on my own, Sherelle Dorsey in the plug had a (laughs) hundred black tech startups. So Mm -hmm. I went, I didn't, for my live streams that I do every Monday um, at eight, I took about 15 to 20 minutes to go through five per episode and I would find out about all of these organizations that would create products that would use AI for good mm-hmm. and I said that right there I can get behind um when, when I you, you know say
1: use AI for good what what does that mean
0: AI for social good solving a problem because really at the core some of my my own core values is that I'm the when it comes to any of the work that I do whether it's you know working in the the policy and government space whether it is actually working in the community in business I'm always very much interested in like social impact work I'm interested in How does a program or project or initiative that I'm helping somebody build benefit somebody to go and either improve either an existing process or improve the way that they're thinking? Um, And so for me, if I can see that, Mm -hmm. I can see better about how I can connect to this rise of and I can't even say the rise I would just say this is we're in an era of just the booming of this particular how to use um how to use AI because again it's it's been out for a, right, a long right. minute gotcha. so for me I connect I connected better for people that were using AI for you know for like Healthcare and like or you know how to go about it. and I was like okay I was mm-hmm. like understanding how to how to use it and so um yeah so gotcha
1: i guess kind of maybe keeping on the business hat and bringing yourself into it like and kind of pivoting back to the policy government politics things like that to uncover some things maybe because for me it's like some sometimes with language i get lost in the The fog, so to speak, or I get lost in vagueness. That's why I try to ask a lot of questions, not to not to interrogate. But sometimes sometimes I do try and interrogate the space and not like the person. That way I can kind of get an idea of like, okay, I'm hearing this, but then I'm hearing this, but then I'm like, where exactly am I? But um in creating things that are new and making something fresh or learning something or getting involved in different organizations and different groups, like how do you inform yourself in like your role? Like how do you, yeah? how do you measure like, okay, someone says they want to make an, a, an organization to save the puppies. And it's like, Oh, what, what could be wrong with saving the puppies? But it's like, okay, like, Five years down the line, this turns out that this was they're having a front to save the puppies while they were like smuggling drugs and doing something else. Mm-hmm. But it's like because we were paying attention to this, like nobody's gonna pay attention to this. I'm not not trying to get you in trouble, I'm not trying to start a conspiracy or anything right. like that. Right. But it's like certain things have kind of like played out in more ways than one. And it's not surprising to me, but it it's it's weird to me where someone can champion one thing, but then never criticize their own thing to be like, okay, these may be problems and these are how I can either address them or I can not pretend that the problems aren't there. Because I, I think what has me questioning things, whether they be in business, politics, religion, or anything under the sun. Like if something has my attention, or if I walk across something, it's like, I look at it like, okay, is this for me? Is it not? Should I pay attention to it? Should I move on? Like I only have so much time in the day. But um, one thing that I've been trying to do in mirror work is like learning to acknowledge myself and also learning to look at the things that I can get better at. But Again, it's not baffling to me, but it just reinforms me over and over that people are people. And that when someone is championing a cause, they almost present it as this is perfect. And I've got the solution and I've got the thing. And it's like, nobody has that. And it's the moment that it gets pushed back, it's like, oh no, those are haters like of course people say some wild things online like i've I've read some comment section and i'm like this is more confirmation of why you don't jump in the comments because it's like somebody will come out and they'll just say what's on their chest or they'll just be like they just they just needed to get something out but it's like people say things that are completely unrelated to what's actually present if it's a video on instagram youtube tiktok whatever it is that you use but like how do you strike the balance of for yourself like knowing what's for you, what's informing mm-hmm. you, and maybe what's like taking you off track from where you're trying to go?
0: You know, that's a super powerful question. And I I think, and I'll say this phrase and then uh and then I'll expand upon it. Uh I would say number one is I rely on the Holy Spirit. So I rely, um, this is John 14, 16. And so I rely on that for all the things. And so what I I came to this conclusion was that Um, And I'm reading the finishing of this book by Tony Evans on Kingdom Mm -hmm. Stewardship. And really, from my vantage point, I don't necessarily, I don't own anything. Yes, business owner-wise, even car-wise, right? There's Mm -hmm. things, our computer, I own things, right? Mm -hmm. But really, because God has created everything, and I'm really a manager of what he's given me. And so I had to come to that realization um, through the pandemic uh, and and really in my own sort of self-discovery of who I was in Christ. And then that really helped me with understanding where I need to be, what I need to do, and then how I need to do it. And so what that does is that just drowns out all the noise. I was with my other um, uh, talking with my other um my other life group and we're doing a podcast together where seven of us were figuring out all the things, right logistics oh, wow. people <laughs> <laughs> similar to the view, but it's like we it, there won't be like seven of us all the time. so it's mm-hmm. it's fun. it's challenging, rapidly yeah. challenging, but it's good. but one of the things we said on a live stream that we did over, um earlier this summer is I, one of the things I said was is that we have to take into account that we have to take information and turn that into action. Because a lot of times, and this happened to myself, because I'm speaking from experience, information overload, we're just fed, we're just fed, we're just fed. Right. But it's like, do you even need to consume that? Why are you consuming that content? How is that actually going to help you to make the next best decision. So even to your point of like being a part of different Slack groups, I want to also make sure to put a little asterisk by that. I'm not someone who is in there, you know, for four hours a day in each of these groups, but what it's doing, again, it's, it's me being able to see systems, behaviors, and habits, because it's not an aspect of like, oh, I've learned everything that I've known because I like have certifications and blah, 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 blah. But it's like, okay, how can I challenge myself in understanding how individuals are working? For instance, in this event planning space, I'm in a great um in events group um, and they are just a hundred plus, I think it's like 200 plus event planners. I make it a point, not all the time, but I mm-hmm. say, Hey, I'm not an event planner, but I've done like, you know, meetings and corporate meetings or or whatever the case is these people are full-on professionals but I love to see the fact that project management is baked inside of event planning so I love to see designers um, you know folks that are graphic uh, artists people that work in that space I love to see how they work so I'm always I'm contributing in that way So I think, you know, to your point of like, you know, this aspect of like, how do you govern yourself accordingly, right? Mm -hmm. Um, It's really, it's it's getting an understanding, getting clarity Mm -hmm. about what it is that I need to focus on. I said, okay, Lord, all right, for this particular season, you know, what is it even for business, career, whatever, where is it, should my focus be, you know? And that has been a game changer for me because- operating in my own strength, I was just tired. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And then I also wouldn't make the right decisions. You know, I was just like, you know, I think, and again, there are some decisions that sure, they worked out, but, you know, I I may have questioned now the timing of it or like, did it actually get me where I exactly needed to be? Mm -hmm. And so I think that, you know, for anyone that's out there listening, you know, it's, you you really got to get a handle on understanding that, you know, your gifts, your talents and where you are right now, honestly, you know, those, those directives in your plans, they, they do come from God, you know, and they do come from, you know, a place where you have, you have purpose, but again, asher's purpose and then mine are going to be totally different so the way in which we may collaborate in the future it's not an aspect of the competition thing it's an aspect of like how is it is is there a synergy or not but even Mm -hmm. if there is a synergy okay let's explore and how we find that i'll go on this little tangent on this um this aspect of um collaborations. And again, this aspect of where you need to be. Mm -hmm. I think that there is beauty in really finding commonality or, you know, an aspect of like, oh, I need to like be here or be there or be in the room. And I think there is, I think you should go to the conferences and go and get the courses um, and the books and the things that, uh, and collaborate with the people that, you know, are, are really going to help to elevate where that you're looking to go but right. i also think too something that i just had to really figure out is that i cannot be everywhere and i can't just because i may have an interest in this mm-hmm. is it the right timing okay holy spirit tap into me do i you know because there's many things for me that peak in interest because um outside of the disk um, strength Finders is mm-hmm. one of my other favorite tools. And I forgot what is the one. Oh, I think it's a learner.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Is it one of my top five, mm-hmm. Top five. Oh, I love to learn. But does it mean that I have to actually take this on at this particular moment? Mm-hmm. So there was like a podcasting, some sort of a four uh, class thing that this company was doing. I was like, oh, this is great oh, I should do it. Not, you know what I'm saying? Like you gotta, you you gotta get a level of understanding of like, what do you have going on? Yeah, Does it make sense? Right. And then asking, all right, is this really Holy Spirit? Is this really the right person I should be partnering with? Conference I should be going to? Um, Collaboration? Is this really the right room that I should be in? So I think, you know, I'm all about getting in the room and getting where you need to be because mm-hmm. I, I I do believe the power of the proximity. But mm-hmm. I do believe in the right timing of it because, you know, if 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 the character piece, and again, this is something that I'm I'm learning and continuing to learn right now is that, you know, I don't want my character not to be in the right place. If I go to, if I have an opportunity that's presented, because I'll just be in shambles. You know what I'm saying? I'll just, and I'll, I'll definitely fumble the play if my motives are not right, if my character is not right. So I think the, the your question about, you know, how is it that I, you know, decipher, right? Like where and when and who and how, for me, it's just relying on, relying on God, relying on the Holy Spirit to really, um, to really reveal and to show, all right. You know, this is, and again, the more that I'm in my word, the more that I'm in prayer, the confirmation will come, you know, I'll get the, I'll get the thing. All right, this is good. You know, Mm -hmm. you know, I'll go and like, all right, this is the right direction. Or no, this is not, (laughs) this isn't the direction I need to go in. And that, and that's okay too. And I think there's also this, this aspect of FOMO is, is again, another thread of, of, of tangent, but I want to bring it back Mm -hmm. is it's not about the fear of missing out right? Because I think that's a lot of the pressure to either do something or be somewhere or wherever the case is, but Mm -hmm. it's an aspect of understanding your season and what you're called to Mm -hmm. and what does that is going to require of you. And it just may not be that the alignment may not just be there. So don't fear this aspect of missing out, but just if it's going to, if it's, if it, if something needs to repeat or happen again, it'll come, but it'll come yeah. even better. Yeah. It'll come even better the, se- the second time around. So right. I just want people to understand that don't feel as if because I, I haven't gotten to this or I need to do this. Like, ah, um, you know, it's all to shambles. It's not all to shambles. Right. It's the season. It's the timing. Um, and it's also just recognizing knowing it's for
1: you. Yeah. Gotcha. I hope you're not pressed for time.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I
1: was gonna gonna say I'm not I'm not trying to rush you, but okay. um, What's um what's what's something that you've seen be effective and either self-sustaining or just have some type of longevity from the time that you got into college or to present day?
0: Yeah long the the what's what what have I seen what have I seen um that's probably that uh, yeah I would say um a couple things I think that has sustained me I said two oh well two things one I would say that faith has always sustained me Mm -hmm. I would say that's probably uh where I was college you know and up until now, it's only like, you know, you kind of have like that, that like, zzz, that yeah. line is like very, and then it goes up, right? Yeah. And there's a spike. That was probably it. And I think that knowing that God has never failed me, he didn't, he's never failed me then, he's never failed me now, has always been encouraging, has always really just blown my mind. And then two, I think for me too again, going back to the structures and systems and the behaviors, mm-hmm. I think being able to understand who I am and how I've been created,
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know, hey, I require structure in order for me to actually be able to have the freedom to create or the freedom to um, be able to do what's necessary. Um, I think that in recent months, yeah, probably in recent months, I think I've pivoted to how can I make quicker decisions? Mm -hmm. How can I be comfortable with what people in the product space have said, which is like build in public or like build a minimum viable prototype? Mm -hmm. How do you do that and do it in a way where you don't feel like you have to have things? It has to be this way and it has to be the right color and it has to be the right idea, Mm -hmm. you know? It just means that for me, I I consider that a level of growth and vulnerability to be able to say, you know what, let me just go ahead and do this, plan this out, take a few days, take a week, mm-hmm. put a timeline on it, and say, let me come up with, um, for instance, I had something in June. It was called the PM Weekly Sync. It was for all project leaders across industries, mm-hmm. and I would teach on leadership strategy and execution, and. You know, I was like, okay, I'm going to launch it. Okay, I'm going to really do it. And it's going to be a bit rogue and rough. Mm -hmm. Um, It wasn't I wasn't going to have a whole bunch of like funnels or anything like that. I was like, I have Superphone. Shout out to Superphone, my text message community. Uh, I have this thing called Aluma app, which is Mm -hmm. um, it's like a free event planning Mm -hmm. thing. And I really love the platform. I said, let me just promote it promote it, do some videos, blah, blah, blah. And so I would get, I got maybe like, you know, maybe one to three to four people per week. Wasn't Mm -hmm. necessarily floods of people. And I was like, oh, what do I do now? But then I thought to myself, well, why don't you switch, think about it and switch to maybe like a monthly. So again, as I started to document my process, And I started saying, okay, phase one, this was phase one. This is what you learned here. Phase two, you're going to go to a monthly and you're going to change some things about it. I was like, ah, you know, so I could have been easily defeated. Like I was a couple of years ago and had like a, um, an event that I was going to do and nobody showed up. So I basically Mm -hmm. did a whole, um, like an hour and a half worth just by myself on a Zoom. I went hard in the paint. You would think that 200 (laughs) people were in the Zoom room. Nobody was there. And therefore I had some fear and trepidation about doing anything else, but Mm. I had to get over that. And I was like, ah, yeah, I was like, girlfriend, you gotta get over it. Like, you know, that was, you know, no one probably remembers that you even did something like that. So, but I had to say to myself, all right, create this minimum viable prototype your, your monthly Mm sinks and just continue to iterate, Mm. execute, plan, iterate, you know what I'm saying? And have that to go until, until you build up momentum,
1: right. right. Until
0: you, until you build the, until you build the momentum. So
1: yeah. That's pretty cool. I I guess um, we've kind of touched on it, but how how did you get into project management? Because that's how I came to know you.
0: Yes. Yeah, no, good question. Um, I, this is probably something that I've always been doing since I was in grade school. I forgot, what was it? Was it sixth grade that mm-hmm. I, had a, uh, I had a huge birthday party? It was laser tag. Um, what was that one company? I can't remember. And that's all they did. They had a laser tag. It was a company. I can't remember. It was a business Gosh, what was it called? I'll look it up later. But right. um, but basically, that's all. It was a company. It was it was like all the rage. It was mm. like go in and like play laser tag, mm. and so it was uh maybe it's called Planet Play. I think that's what it was called. Um, but I would go and I would have like my Excel spreadsheet, and I would have the list of people to invite, and I would have in the location. School? Yeah. <laughs> this would i mean again thinking about a project which yeah. is you know in in its definition you're talking about a process you can mm-hmm. talk it could be a product it could be an event it could be a birthday party it's thanksgiving dinner right. you know it's and then also too Going in and applying for colleges, same thing. I have. um, I wasn't really working like that um, when I was in high school, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I knew many of my friends. They would have. They'd be at Hallmark. They were working at the grocery store, Mm -hmm. Um, and so I I was late blooming uh, to be getting out into the working world, so to speak. (laughs) So I did not have a job. But uh, my mom, all she told me, she was working a lot, and this she told me. She goes, Ashley, I just need. What is your game? Plan for college? Mm -hmm. What is it? Where are you applying? What are the fees? You know, what are the deadlines? Mm -hmm. What's what's what is your process for, you know, the the what is it, the essays and the applications? So that is exactly what I did. Excel spreadsheet. I would go Mm -hmm. in, school, date, Mm -hmm. the fee. So those were the early stages of uh, the project management pieces of it. And it just built um, from there, from college, organizing a lot of events. Then it went to, you know, at work. You Mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? And so that was really my thing. And I remember being a part of a agency. Mm -hmm. excuse,
1: Excuse me. Very good.
0: I remember I was a part of a marketing agency
2: mm-hmm.
0: and they had project managers. And I was like, man. And I said, um interesting project managers, certifications. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know if I could, could I do that? Cause I wasn't really a great like test taker,
2: mm-hmm.
0: right? I was scarred by the SATs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I was like, could Me I too. do this? <laughs> And so um, I had the opportunity when I um, when I went in and worked at a different government agency and it came and I just was like, again, plan, process, mm-hmm. and it had already been what I've been doing. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, you know what, like after studying, studying for it, me and my other coworker, we were just buddies in that and heads down, studied for four months, passed on the First try. And then I just became really marveled by that whole world. Mm-hmm. Um, and I began to see so many different intricacies of the PM world and you yeah. know, and all and all of that. So right. that was uh yeah.
1: Gotcha. And was that test your um project management professional test? Yes. That was that, yes, that, gotcha. was, that okay.
0: was the PM, yes, that was gotcha. the PMP. So yes. the
1: official PMP
0: the the official PMP so yeah no, PIMP but PMP yeah exactly <laughs> exactly the official PMP gotcha. um and then yeah and so I just loved it from there I just really did yeah
1: awesome and I, I mean what what where's that journey taking you because this was in college so I guess that's kind of what informed you on going through government and going through policies and things like that and like keeping what you had in your childhood and continuing to evolve that or have you kept the two worlds separate?
0: No, because, you know, I I, I used to think that I think I needed to keep things separate. And Mm -hmm. I think, you know, I think this aspect of like keeping like different hats on other corners of the world, mm-hmm. it wasn't working for me. You know, I'm a career professional, mm-hmm. you know, then, you know, a business owner, right? Mm-hmm. You know, then, you know, you know, I'm involved in my community and things, but I began to really see that the work that I do, you know, and, and when it comes from the project management perspective, it's just everywhere.
3: Right.
0: So, you know, being able to, you know, be able to di- differentiate between, you know, um, whether it's conferences or just opportunities, you know, that then I'm then, then I'm making those distinctions. But you know, there are a lot of even work in policy. You know, there's project management aspects mm. to that wholeheartedly. Right. Actually, you know, being able to ideate and being able to all what you see that's passed on the local um state and federal level, that's a project. You know, there's so many different aspects of it and I think what's really cool about um what's really cool about that is that you can really um create frameworks and really right. begin to um you know, be able to crystallize like what exactly is um and how you can go about formalizing the actual deliverable or the process or the actual result yeah gotcha
1: gotcha i think that that might have been what i was driving at because i I think that's where we we kind of connect because like from the engineering standpoint that feels like that's the that's the thing that drives us and sometimes i don't know if people think we don't care about people because we do so much tinkering. It's like, yeah, we don't want to talk about the fluffy stuff. We don't want to do the admin stuff. We just want to do the work, get the outcome and continue to do more work to help more people. But I think in that, it's it's important to both be able to talk to people in the way that people want to be talked to, but also have the actions that meet the outcomes that people want. Because at the end of the day, if like, if you have an accident, everybody wants to know what's going on. Like, are they okay? What's going to happen to fix it? Like, can we do something to avoid a future accident and things like that? But like being able to tie those two things together and being like, okay, like this informs me a little bit more about who Ashley Shuler is like, yeah. How did you venture into podcasting and like how, Mm -hmm. like, because that makes sense how you use all your experience to be able to teach do webinars, do Zooms, do funnels, everything like that. But like what led you into podcasting and kind of like the mini conversation we were having to like you niching yeah. down and being able to follow that track to where you're at now.
0: Yes. Um. So, you know, being in like a consultant's space, there was a, a there's this aspect of like, all right, how do you, how do you get your voice out there? And so Mm -hmm. in the pandemic, you know, we had to learn about creating your personal brand and like getting yourself out there. So Mm -hmm. I wasn't even really even interested in doing lives at all Mm -hmm. um, until we had like Nikki Saunders um, from deeper than the brand and, you know, and her her encouraging uh, people to go live and how she would go live five times a day. Um, And then I was like super scared about going live, but I, I did that like July, 2020. That's when I started to go live on Sundays, 2 PM and just having a lesson. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, that was cool. That was like building an audience and then podcasting, you know, that then that just became like a, a super, you know, um, a, a, um, a tool that people were using, a mm-hmm. profession, right, that was really getting an upsurge. And so I was like, ah, oh, podcasting, maybe, nah, 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 what would I talk about? Mm-hmm. You know, and I just decided, man, I think this would be a really good opportunity for people to hear my perspective mm-hmm. on a consistent basis and so uh, i really uh, i didn't realize the how uh, i guess maybe you could you'll probably agree with this
2: mm-hmm.
0: how unregulated podcasting is you could do you could do so much with it <laughs> and i didn't i didn't realize that's what it was i mean i, I you could start it within a day if you wanted to
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know and whatnot um, but there's so many different places and spaces and adventures in podcasting that you yeah. could um, that you could really have, and so, so um, and so um, it is. It's really it's really a cool place and space to be. Mm-hmm. And so I think one of the things that kind of really got me. Um, with the podcasting was that I could take my own my own route Mm. so in that I I just finally got to a place like after um, so I have about six seasons let's see 50 some episodes Mm. and the reason why I do a season format a because I know that podcasting takes dedication takes time and I have a hard, I, I was having a hard struggle with like doing it every week, but then also my thing was like, I also wanted the audio to always sound good. Right. And mm-hmm. I have a great audio person that I work with. And then there was a, a thing about like, you need to have a video podcast. And I was like, no, I, I'm not there yet because I also want, I'm. it was very important to me that I understood formats of podcasts mm-hmm. and like what made sense for me. So in the beginning of this year, I even took like a class that talked all about the format of a show Mm -hmm. and how to construct it. And so um, that was really. And so. um, With that. What was really good is that I was able to see and construct my podcast in such a way that it made sense.
1: Yeah. You need a minute? yeah I'm good okay gotcha if you need a minute we can we can take a minute for oh that. I, yeah I, you're good I'll try to, I'll try to wrap it up but that's pretty cool and so like from being in breathe you being in project management being in government and then seeing like okay we've been talking about this thing talking about this thing okay podcasting something I can do let me start with the audio and like you were saying earlier like trying to niche like was it difficult for you to niche down because like the more and more I heard about it I was like I'm not I'm not gonna do that it's like I, I kind of am but I'm kind of not I'm trying to figure out what works for me and then in doing that it's that's where I, I took the perspective or the information to say I need to stop just taking in all this information right and actually like decide for Imp- myself what I'm gonna do and that's it. Work, work through that. And even like hearing some comments where someone is just like, oh, this isn't good or this isn't that. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Like it it's not for you. Like, like right. I'm, not, I'm not trying to be just like um, cocky, but it's like, no, I, I finally understand myself and I'm, I'm actually getting to know myself. This is like right. getting to know myself process. So it's like, right. it doesn't look the way you think it should look. And it doesn't behave in the way that you think it should be whatever that means but it's like if someone wants this it's like hey go go there for that if you want that go there for that if you want that go there for that but if you want this like come here like come sit down have a conversation have a dialogue put your feet up cut the grass whatever you're doing like enjoy your day because it's like how was that a difficult process for you because like you talked about the like the technical aspects like being comfortable like okay i got it yeah and like hear my voice and it's like okay maybe I don't hear my voice all the time like maybe I give it to somebody else that can help me clean it up a little bit or just like do the editing and then put it out because then that's one less hurdle I've got to get through or one less mental thing I've got to think about and always be like I've got to, I've got to. it's like no like going back to government policies and things like that it's like it takes a village or it all starts with a village and maybe that's once, right it becomes this giant thing. We forget that we're really a village. Like you might not like your neighbor, but at some point, like if their house burns down or if your house is burning down, you want somebody to be like, hey, like I'm going to come help you put out the fire. I've got a fire extinguisher. Maybe I got some water. Like you don't want to just not have any kind of relationship. You you want to know people.
0: Yeah, I would say for me is that I went through with like uh, there's a there was a creative side of a lot of different themes that either I was hearing mm-hmm. and and trends and things. And then there was like different ways I wanted to do the podcast. And so, again, I had this idea of like it has to be something where it's like Netflix limited series. People are able to digest. They are also able to come back to certain episodes. And I wanted things to be actionable, um, you know, for people to to, to get from. So I spent the first season talking about system related things. And then I went in like, I think there was like, it was just me. And then the second one was interviewing people and systems, life and and business. Mm -hmm. And then I think there was like the third one was season was about all project management. Mm -hmm. And then the fourth season was all about um, the the system behind purpose, how Mm -hmm. people found purpose in this pandemic sort of season. So that was pretty Mm -hmm. cool. And then the fifth one was all about the power of team. Mm -hmm. And so what I did was that there was a, a notion or idea of like, I need a team, I have a team, I have a team, and I would never see anybody's team. So right. I was like, let me go and interview <laughs> the person and their team. Right. And I want to tell you, I got a lot of positive responses from people who are like, you want to interview me and my team? I'd love to have my team member on. Yeah. Like, and that be, that was like a huge thing. And so I, I planned a lot of my season. It takes a minute for me to plan because I got to sit down and, or I'm organizing it within ClickUp. I got my little templates and whatnot. And mm-hmm. then I just have to like like really go through and like, all right, well what do I want to say? And like what are the interview questions? And, you know, so there's a lot of again research and prep and
2: mm.
0: everything that goes into it. Right. And I really um I and I think for me the the biggest thing was like Again, I wanted the experience and the sound to be Mm -hmm. really, really clear. So I was like, all right, I got music made, intro, outro. I just need someone to clean it, clean it up so Mm -hmm. that it's really, really just crisp, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think for me, the biggest thing, even for like the power of team, you know, I also have a thing about like who I invite. Mm -hmm. I have to make a list. I have to think about it. I pray on it. Mm -hmm. I kind of like think and I think through why would I want this person on? What is it that I think? And then I also do personalized invitations. Mm -hmm. So I'll do personalized invitations because I want people to hear the heart of what I'm doing. And it's not a this again, this goes back to an early point about the collaboration piece. It's like it's not a thing where it's just I'm trying to do something because it's trendy. I just want it to fit well of yeah. what I'm doing some people and nine times out of 10 I mean many people accept it maybe one or 2 get in just because of scheduling
3: mm-hmm.
0: and they just didn't have capacity but I would do the invitation I would send it out um and then some of that you know the follow-up the back and forth you know you're just trying to get people that's that's kind of you know you you know the deal just <laughs> probably just figuring out how people can can get on but other than that like you know, the last season, like communication season that's up right now, um, it was really a great opportunity for me um, to really look at it from the perspective of like, all right, well, how do we dissect communication from a team perspective, mm. from a um, from a leadership perspective, from even like the tools that we use, or the clients um that we communicate with. I feel like that's a huge, it was a huge theme. And so I wanted to really break it down.
2: Yeah.
0: And in, in such a way where again, it's an aspect where people can really go through like, I'm gonna go through like the first three episodes or like I'm gonna go through async communication because That's something I haven't heard about, you know, and then Ashley's giving tangible steps. Now, Mm -hmm. here's an interesting aspect about feedback, right? When you're saying that it's not for you and all that. Mm -hmm. I was in a, uh, like a a podcast huddle and people are listening to episodes. Somebody brought to my attention that live stream Ashley Shuler, because Mm -hmm. I have one on Mondays on my YouTube channel Mm -hmm. and the podcasts are different. There's different energy levels, Mm -hmm. So I thought that was such really good feedback because someone said, I picked up, someone else was like, yeah, I picked up on that because they were like, I enjoy seeing you you in your face mm-hmm. in terms of like the lessons and the things animated, funny, you mm-hmm. know, like able to break down the information. And then I feel as if even the audio piece is, it's still good content, but that it may feel oh maybe a little bit lecture style. So right. I thought that was cool to see because I thought to myself, self, when you do the, the next season, I'm in the planning season right now, or I'm starting that, okay, well, how do I make sure that the experience from video to audio matches, mm-hmm. or maybe it doesn't, or maybe I just need to change up the format, which I have mm-hmm. a, a pretty good Outline of kind of how I want to do the the format of of the of the new podcast, mm-hmm. how I can kind of change it up, but that's and again that's where when I'm saying it's unregulated, right? Yeah. And I had to take the whole pressure off of like, oh, it has to be this way, and blah, 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 blah. Right, right, no, right. it is still <laughs> it's still me finding out what is the best format yeah. that is going to make sense because to me it's always my last season. And then this upcoming one is really going to be focused on have I really nailed it with the content and how it's going to be able to, again, materialize for someone to actually take action on. That's right. going to have to be, and I have to figure out a way, like how, how, to, how do I measure that? Right? right. And and how does that that kind of go? But uh, I am excited about it. I lo- love the world of, of podcasting. Uh, and I love to hear from people like yourself and, um, and others that have the journey. So I love to meet with like people who do um I was at a podcast meetup uh maybe like two months ago mm-hmm. and I met with like someone who does audio engineering. And like, you know, in, in 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 that whole world, it's like a whole it's like tucked away in a cave, I guess. Like right, you just don't right. know about these things like <laughs> of like what people do. And it's like fascinating. Yeah. So I just encourage anyone um and someone made this comment. Someone said, I've never met someone who has very targeted areas of why they're learning what they're learning. And I said, that's a, a really cool observation because going back to the earlier point of like, how do you know, like what's for you and what's not for you yeah. is that I'm very selective about what I'm going to dive into for a particular season. And that's right. not by calendar or, um you know, by calendar. So things that are going to speak to me for the podcasting piece. Oh yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna find the time for that. Things that are gonna um that that pertain to the project, product and agile space, mm-hmm. you know, that's um that's what I'm going to to do. And so I had to release myself from the pressure of like, oh, you have to learn it in this amount of time and you gotta know it's like I'm not a product manager, maybe yet, maybe I will be, but mm-hmm. I'm also going to connect with those people and ask them questions right, um, right And I think that's a I think that's a great pro tip for anyone that's listening about how where is it that you want to grow identifying those areas and then not in, in not doing too many, but because again, you have to get your own capacity for how you want to learn and how you want and how you want to grow. But you know LinkedIn is such a great place. I'm always in a DM sending a voice me- memo to somebody, um, just really learning about their background and their journey. And then also asking those critical questions of like, you know, hey, who's a book to read? like, And I just went out for delivery now. And I was like, okay, this is great. This is gonna give me a really good foundation um, for me to understand X, Y, and Z. And so, um, yeah, I would say that's really kind of like my full podcasting journey thus far. Yeah. Uh, and I'm very excited about it. Um and I'm I'll soon and very soon once I start getting the um some of the other the pieces together, I'll start promoting online mm-hmm. this aspect of like my whole sort of blowing up my podcast in open mm-hmm. because I will be um it'll be new format, there'll be a new title for it. Um, And then I also want people, I have a Miro board, um, Mm -hmm. M-I-R-O, and it will be an opportunity for people to provide feedback on that. Because again, this aspect of some experimentation of like product and things, what Mm -hmm. does it look like to build some of this aspect in public? So I really want people to journey with me on, on what it means to rebuild this podcast um and it's really there's no timetable for like like oh by december it'll all be finished no you'll there'll probably be a new season by then and then there'll be an opportunity for people to provide even more feedback on there and i just want people to be along for the ride
1: yeah Yeah. that makes sense it's like you'll know it when you see it
0: yeah you'll know it when you see it that's exactly it
1: one one thing that you said that stood out to me is is The importance of niching down, maybe it didn't apply or I didn't know how to apply it at the moment, but seeing it when people talk about creating content, but also being able to apply life lessons in different areas of my life, I think is something that I'm I'm learning to appreciate, whether it's like getting a book or getting a source of information, using something when you need it for the purpose that you need it. And then when you got what you need, you can leave it. You don't have to chase something to the ends of the earth. But then on the flip side, if you are pursuing something to the end of it, it's like, that's that's dope. That That's pretty cool.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And, yeah.
1: And I think to your point, one of the things you, you brought up with change, I, I think your podcast process explains and expresses to me like, how change is important in ultimately delivering something it's like okay you you do something you put it out you get feedback you do something you put it out you get feedback and it's like you continue to tweak it because it's like okay like if i'm doing something effective enough to where someone can talk to it even if even if in my case it's like someone just screaming out it's like okay like this caught someone's attention and something motivated them right. to put a few words together it's like okay like maybe it didn't strike the response i needed but it got their attention and then it's oh, like yes. next week or next month or next year if they're back again it's like okay like something's something's happening i don't know what it is but something's happening and it's like learning how to tweak what works for you and, and i really like how You're developing your process. You're enjoying your process. There's parts of it that might be like cringy or like, I really don't (laughs) want to do that. But it's like, yeah, okay. like this is mine. I own it. I know the time period that I work to. Okay, if I do live, this is what I get. If I do recorded, this is what I get. But like, oh, like Ashley's involved in every part of that. And it's like that's the through line, so to speak. And I think that that's an amazing thing.
0: No. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. It's a, it's a cool journey. It's definitely, a, it's definitely a cool journey. So I'm excited about in, incorporating, you know, like some, you know, some, some new things and um, you know, like some more tangible calls to actions and, and things like that. So yeah, cool.
1: Gotcha. And um, let people know where they can find you. And as things kind of unfold coming out this year, coming out 2024, like, yeah, sure. people know how they can find you.
0: Absolutely. Well, you can find me on LinkedIn, um, Ashley Shuler, A-S-H-L-E-Y-S-H-U-L-E-R. And also on Instagram at Ashley Shuler underscore. And then also too, like if you are a project leader, if you're somebody that uh, is, I'm responsible for bringing forth the planning, the organizing, the executing, and you've never really like had exposure to the world of, of project management, I would encourage you to sign up for my text community. I send out weekly text messages, keeping you all informed, tips and tricks. Um, so you can text hashtag PMHuddle, all one word with the hashtag, 2626-722-5444. And that's how you'll kind of get into the ecosystem as well. Um, I could all I also do uh, one-on-one coaching and sessions um with people as well. So um you'll you all be able to tap in um that way as well. And we'll give you'll probably have the information in the show notes and everything. And so uh yeah, that's how you can tap in with me. But yes, definitely podcasts underway, planning is underway. Uh, and so I'm I'm excited. So
1: awesome. And what's the podcast called?
0: Um, The podcast, um, right in its current state, is Conversations with Ask Ash, soon to be renamed. Um, But that's what it is. Uh, And so there is, um, you can listen to those episodes on Apple and Spotify. Um, Really good, uh, great information, if I do say so myself. Things that you can really learn about um, and also really uh, take it and also implement uh, as well. So um, it's good. So.
1: Awesome. It's good to know that you, you listen back to your own advice and, and you're able to like, hmm, okay, it's not bad. I did all It right. is
0: absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely.
1: <laughs> awesome. It- and landing the plane, bringing it back to where we started. Are you still who you said you were?
0: Uh, yes. Yes, I am. But the thing is, is that I am ever evolving and growing. Yeah.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much for your time.
0: All right. Thank you so much, Asher. Thank you all everyone for listening. Um, Look forward to next time.
1: Thank you.